Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. And hello to everyone once again. We will continue our study uh, this evening on destined for good works, and we will be doing part two. We have covered quite a bit on this subject last Sunday when I was with you, but didn't have enough time to finish it. So hopefully we will finish it tonight. We are speaking about the good works that God has destined for believers to do while on this side of heaven. Remember that we are not saved by good works. We are saved by grace through faith. But after we get saved, God prepared, the Bible says, ahead of time before we were even born, certain good works that we are to do while we are here on this earth. So I will continue from where we left off last week by reading once again our foundational scriptures that are taken from Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 and Titus chapter 2 verse 14. I'm reading from the New King James Version and Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Titus chapter 2 verse 14 says, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Now, as you can see, we are taught throughout the scriptures that we are destined and purposed for good works, which God prepared for all of us. There are works that are uh, specific for individuals, and there are works that apply to all of us. These works, the Bible says, have already been prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Last Sunday, if you were with us, if not, I, I uh, advise you to listen to the last recording we did. We clarified the difference between dead works and good works. The Bible has a lot to say about dead works and has a lot to say about good works. We won't go into that today. These good works, as we have mentioned last week, are written within the scriptures. The Word of God is our map for life. We need to understand that as Christians, as disciples of Christ, that God has given us a map for a successful life. And that is the Word of God. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, Your word, Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. It's interesting. 
The word of God is a lamp. What does the lamp do? Shines to give us guidance and direction in our walk and a light for my path. So as we study the Bible, diligently study, the Holy Spirit will illuminate the scriptures and through them will reveal and show us clearly what these good works are. Of course, he gives us answers to our prayers through the Word of God and causes our path to shine brighter and brighter as we walk with him on a daily basis. And last Sunday, I shared with you my own experience in testimony in how I received my first assignment from the Lord when he instructed me to go back to my wife and my household and tell them what great things the Lord had done for me and how he saved me and he had mercy on my soul. Let me say this for the benefit of those who perhaps have not heard my testimony, that at the time of my salvation when I was born again, I was not with my wife. In fact, I ran away from her and I left her pregnant with our first child. I was a total wreck, spiritually, emotionally, financially, and every other way. And that's where the Lord found me, and by His mercy and grace, He saved me. And then He sent me back to my family. Of course, I obeyed the Lord, came back to my wife, testifying to whosoever would listen the wonderful things that God has done for me, how He saved my soul, he replaced the fear, the anxiety, the loneliness, the bitterness, the hatred. He removed all that and filled my heart with joy and peace. As a result of my testimony, a number of Greek people from my community believed, and they received Christ as their personal Savior. Now, the second assignment I received came in a very similar way. The people who believed my testimony, I knew they needed to grow, I knew they needed to develop spiritually. So I started praying and asking the Lord, Lord, where should I take them? To which church should I direct them to? Should I take them to my church or do you have something else in mind? Now, in prayer, again, as I read the Word of God, the Lord spoke to me again through the scriptures. That's why I say, folks, it's so important to familiarize yourselves with the written word of God. Jesus used, or the Holy Spirit used, the passage of scripture from the feeding of the 5,000 when the disciples came to him and they said to him, Lord, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away so they may go into the villages and buy for themselves some food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. When I read those words, you give them something to eat, it was, it was as though the Lord was speaking directly to me. And he was saying to me, you don't have to send them anywhere. You don't have to take them to any church. Remember, these are Greek Orthodox people. They're very wary 
of, of foreign uh, churches or churches that are not Greek Orthodox, they're not familiar, they would not walk into a, an, an unfamiliar church. The Lord knew that they would not go to the church I was attending. So that's why he said to me, you don't have to send them or take them to any church. You feed them spiritually. You give them. You minister to them. Well, well I protested naturally because I said, Lord, I'm not qualified to do that. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a minister of the gospel. When I say that to the Lord, the scripture from Luke 135, the Spirit brought to my mind, and this is what the Word said. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow, and you will be able to minister to them. <laughs> wow. You know, you can't argue with the Lord. I received that Word from the Lord. He promised that he would help me do something I had never done or ever imagined that I would be doing. And it happened as the Lord told me. When I stepped out in faith, I found a grace, I found an ability in speaking and communicating that I did not have before. And listen, that's how my ministry started. That's how I started ministering the Word of God. Remember, at that particular time, I was not a preacher, I was not a pastor, but just an employee in my father's, in my father-in-law's supermarket. I was just a believer, a young believer who wanted to obey God and do whatever He instructed me to do. You see, the key, folks, is, is being submitted and obedient to the Word of God. And the same way I just related to you was the, the very same way the Lord revealed to me my life's assignment. What I'm doing today, it was revealed to me many, many years ago. In fact, it was around about 1979, 1980. And I'm reading my Bible one morning from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1. At the close of that chapter, Luke records Zechariah's prophetic utterance to his son, John the Baptist. And this is what it says. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. When I read those words, I cannot explain to you because sometimes you cannot explain spiritual things in natural words. When I read those words, it was like the Holy Spirit burned them deep down inside of my heart. And I knew that I knew that I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that one day, sooner or later, I would end up being a minister of the gospel. Because the Spirit whispered to me in my heart, deep down, and said, Son, that's also your calling. 
In other words, he was showing me ahead of time, years ahead of time, what my purpose in life is, why I was created, why God brought me onto this earth, that I would serve him by being a minister of the gospel. You see, he revealed this to me so that I could start preparing for what God had prepared for me ahead of time. Isn't God wonderful? Then I remembered the words of our Lord Jesus when he said, when the Holy Spirit will come, he will show you things to come. He was not just talking world events and the end time uh, uh, events. He was speaking about your life, the things that God has prepared for you because you love him. Scripture says that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God prepared wonderful things for you and I in your future, in your life. And the way we get to know those things is by the revelation of the Spirit through the Word of God. So, of course, that didn't happen overnight. That didn't happen. I didn't go into the ministry until seven years later, after the Lord prepared me by giving me adequate training in the Word of God. And now God didn't want to, he didn't, he's not just doing that for me, he's doing it for every believer. Remember, I was just a believer, a young believer, praying, reading the Word, seeking God's face, wanting to please the Father who saved my soul. God is not a respecter of persons. You know, some people say, well, God doesn't speak to me like that. Well, it's not that God isn't speaking. He's speaking all the time through his word, through various other means, through the mouth of other people. He's speaking. The problem is we're not hearing. Hello? We need to be attentive. We need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God, to the Word of God. Sometimes God would give us warnings through the mouth of other people, through those that are close to us, that we trust them. We need to listen. Hello, are you out there? This could save your life. Amen? God speaks all the time. We need to be sensitive and, and we need to be asking Him, Lord, I'm listening. I'm attentive. Speak. Now, I could go on and give you testimony after testimony in regard to these wonderful godly assignments that God has given me through the years, but it'll take me all night. So I'm not going to go into that. I gave you these examples to show you that if you are a Bible scholar and you spend time with the Lord in prayer and in the Word, the Lord will certainly speak to you, reveal your God-given assignments He has destined you to walk in. Amen? Now, Another primary way in which the Lord reveals these good works ordained for us is through strong spiritual desires that refuse to go away. That's important. Deep down in our hearts, we seem to know 
We can't explain how we know, but we know that we know what our calling and what our purpose in life is. If you spend time listening to your heart, your heart will speak to you. Your spirit will speak to you because your spirit is intertwined, is within the Holy Spirit. And that's how God communicates. The Bible says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. That means when God wants to enlighten us, when God wants to give us light and revelation, he does that through our spirits. So the, another primary way in which the Lord reveals these good works that we should walk in is through these strong spiritual desires. As we delight ourselves in the Lord, the Bible says in Psalm 37 verse 4, he gives us the desires of our heart. In other words, God places in our heart, in our spirit, those desires that he ordained for us to pursue. In my case, one of the strongest desires I received from the Lord in fellowship with him was the desire to evangelize the Greek nation back in the 1980s and the 1990s. This passionate desire was so strong in my heart that often led me to pray, to fast, cry out to God, and often with tears, asking him to anoint me, to prepare me, and to release me into this assignment. Well, after a number of years in preparation, as I said in the word, the Lord answered my prayer, and he did release me to go to many places and many countries seeking those that were lost in my community. I started from Masvingo, a little town in Zimbabwe, to, and I went to every city in Zimbabwe seeking the Greek community, evangelizing them. From there I went to South Africa, then to Greece, then Cyprus, Canada, the United States, and Australia. I traveled preaching and teaching the Word of God to my country fellow men. I developed a tape ministry and offices in these countries, and I've distributed the Word of God through the tape ministry. We got slots in television and in person for 10, 15 years. I focused my ministry and my attention almost exclusively toward the Greek people. Many people were saved within the Greek community during those years when I did the work of an evangelist. Let me say this, never underestimate these godly desires the Lord places deep down in your heart. As you fan them with prayer and fasting, they will take you to places you have never been before. They will attract people and resources to you beyond your wildest imagination. You may ask, how will I know that the desire I have in my heart is from the Lord and not my own? I'm not talking about here carnal, fleshly, selfish desires. I'm talking about desires of the Spirit that God puts in your heart. Well, one way to find out for sure is to ask this question. Does your desire agree with God's written word? That's the first place you go to to test that desire. Does it agree 
with the written word of God, with the scriptures. If it does, it is from God. If it does not agree, forget it. Just forget it. Walk away from it. Furthermore, as you pray about this desire, if it's from God, the desire within you, the more you pray, the stronger it gets. Are you listening to me? The more you pray, if it's from God, the stronger it gets. If it's not from God, it will diminish and eventually will leave you. You will wake up with it if it's from God. You go to bed with it. You will constantly think about it. And you don't seem to be able to get away from it. Thinking about it will bring joy and much excitement to your heart as well as great peace. That's a good sign that that desire is from the Lord and we ought to pursue it through prayer. You see, there are things the Bible is not clear, nor does it give specifics. For example, your vocation in life, which person to marry, where to live, where to work, which spiritual family you belong or God placed you in, who your spiritual father is, etc., etc. These things are not very clear in the Bible. Well, the way we are to know is through these desires combined together with the witness of the Spirit is one of the primary ways that God shows us these things. So be sensitive to the Spirit, test these inner witnesses through the written Word of God, and don't be proud to ask for wise counsel as well. Submit those desires to your spiritual oversight, to someone you trust as your spiritual covering, and allow them to discern with you. This way, you will know that you are safe. Another way in which the Lord communicates to us our God-given assignments is simply through the needs which so often confront us. If we are open and receptive to His Spirit, the Lord will point out clearly those needs which He has given to us or assigned us to meet those needs. Now, let me say this. We cannot meet every need, but we can meet those needs which have our name on it. Are you listening to me? Well, how will I know? As you pray, God will show you. I recall when I was confronted by such a need from a brother in the Lord that he was facing at the time, I asked the Lord in prayer to show me what his plan was to meet that particular need. Well, his answer was very simple and precise, as always. God is so simple. He said, you are my plan. <laughs> Lord, what's your plan? You are my plan. Not only did he show me his plan, how to meet that need, but he also showed me how to go about it. You see, God anoints and works through people. He's not going to come direct and say, Hello, I'm Jesus. I've come to meet your need. No, he will anoint people. People is what he chooses to work with, and God has chosen that he would not work independently from his people. He will work with us and through us 
to meet every need. Are you listening to me? So we are his plan in meeting every need, great or small. And as we make ourselves available to him to minister and work through us, we're going to see miraculous works accomplished, works that are humanly impossible to accomplish. But with God, you know, nothing is impossible. One such need confronted Nehemiah in the Old Covenant when it was communicated to Nehemiah that the city walls of Jerusalem were destroyed, broken down, and desperately needed to be rebuilt. You know, that was a mammoth and dangerous task. Nehemiah immediately went to prayer and fasting. You can read the story in the book of Nehemiah and see how God anointed him, how God strengthened him, and how God empowered him to complete such a mammoth task. And let me say this, God didn't initiate this assignment for Nehemiah. It was Nehemiah who initiated and took it upon himself to do this. You see, he said, I I, I want to do this. There's a great need. God didn't say to Nehemiah, you do it. No, Nehemiah went to prayer and talked to God about it. And when God saw his desire and his zeal to build the walls of Jerusalem, the Bible says he granted him the release, but he also granted him the means to do it. And the king he was serving at the time, because he was a cupbearer of the king, the king that he was serving confirmed it by granting him his request and releasing him to go to Jerusalem and do this task. And let me say this, most times these godly assignments are birthed during a crisis of great need that confronts us. An example, uh, you know, from our midst is Trish, Trish Hansen, and the task she undertook to restore the St. Giles Rehabilitation Center in Harare, Zimbabwe. It's a mammoth task. I have never seen this place. I don't know what it's like. But from what she told me, it's a mammoth task. She saw the desperate need her city had and desired to do something about it. Especially when a Muslim lady approached her about it as well. Imagine that. Here is a Muslim lady coming to her and saying, let's do this. Wow, that is a miracle from God. That's divine assignments. It wasn't a voice from heaven that instructed it to do it but rather a need that was presented to her. Another example, even in our very own midst that we witnessed recently, is the work Mark Stevens undertook to fix a broken down car of a brother in the Lord who was in desperate need. The need confronted him. He said, Pastor, leave it to me. I'm going to take this on. (laughs) It was like... (laughs) Like a Caleb who said to Joshua, give me this mountain. I'll take it because I am as strong as I was when I was 40 years of age. And that's what God is looking for. Available vessels. He gave us gifts. He gave us resources. He gave us talents. He gave us abilities to use them to the glory of God and to meet those needs that have our name on it. Amen. 
John the Apostle puts it so plainly in his epistle concerning the various needs that so often confront us. Listen to what he says in 1 John 3.17. If anyone sees a fellow believer in need and has the means to help him, yet shows no pity and closes his heart against him, how is it even possible that God loves, that God's love lives in him? Beloved brethren, our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about, but a way of demonstrated, a way of life which is demonstrated through our loving deeds. I mean, how plain can that be? And so when needs arise all around us, we need to pray. First of all, don't, don't rush into it. Sometimes the Lord would say no. Why? Because he wants that person to learn a valuable lesson. So you need to pray and ask the Lord in order to hear from him whether this particular need has your name on it or not. As I said earlier, we cannot meet every need, but only those that have our name on it. So we need to understand that when God brought us on this planet through the womb of our mother, he gave us the rebirth through Jesus Christ. He had certain works in mind that we were to accomplish while we're here. Amen? And this is what God expects from each one of us. Finish the work. Complete the race. Complete the works He has given us to do. And by completing them, we bring glory to our Heavenly Father. That's why Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see what? Your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Another way in which we can know these works we are to do is through an appeal from a trusted brother in the Lord. Notice I said trusted brother or someone who exercises some kind of influence of or spiritual authority over us. For example, I'll give you a scriptural example here. Paul writing to Philemon, he appealed to him to accept and to receive Onesimus as a brother in the Lord. Now, if, you, if you're a Bible scholar, you will know that Onesimus was a slave of Philemon. He ran away. They caught him. They put him in prison. And while in prison, Paul ministered to him, and he was born again. He became Paul's spiritual son. Now, when he's released, he's sending him back to Philemon, and he is appealing to him to receive him as Paul's own spiritual son. In fact, he says to him, receive him as my own heart. And if he owes you anything, put it on my account. Let's rather read his exact words to Philemon. You have your Bibles there. Turn to Philemon chapter 1, verses 8 through to 12, 16 through to 18. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Paul now writing to Philemon, he says, Even though I have enough boldness in Christ, that I could command you to do what is proper, I'd much rather make an appeal because of our friendship. So here I am, an old man, 
a prisoner for Christ, making my loving appeal to you. It is on behalf of my child, whose spiritual father I became while here in prison, that is Onesimus. Formerly he was not useful or valuable to you, but now he is valuable to both of us. He is my very heart, and I've sent him back to you with this letter. So welcome him no longer as a slave, but more than that, as a dearly loved brother. He is that to me, especially, and how much more so to you, both humanly speaking and in the Lord. So if you consider me your friend and partner, accept him the same way you would accept me. And if he has stolen anything from you, or owes you anything, just place it on my account. You see, he's appealing. He's sending back the, the one who was a slave, and now he's asking him to do a great and mighty thing to receive him as a brother in the Lord. And I'm sure Philemon had done that. Now, over the years, being in ministry, I have done this appealing to my spiritual sons and daughters to help me undertake a certain task on behalf of someone else. And they've always willingly obeyed. Together, we were able to do this to the glory of God. It's wonderful when you get together and you, 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 you know that you're doing this as unto the Lord and not unto men. We can accomplish great things, folks. So let's recap what we have covered so far in regard to these good works of faith we are called to walk in. The primary source of information, as we've mentioned, in knowing these works is through the Bible, the written Word of God. Second, is through godly desires and the inner witness of the Spirit. Thirdly, through the needs that so often are presented to us. And fourthly, through an appeal from a trusted brother in the Lord, or through one who exercises spiritual authority or oversight over us. So, in concluding this lesson, I trust that you've learned something, that you, 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 you see how God works, how God ministers, how God speaks, how God reveals these wonderful works of faith that he has called us to do while we walk with him. So my prayer for this year is that our works of faith, our works of righteousness will increase and multiply, and through these godly works, through these works of faith, Together, we may be able to extend and establish the influence of God's kingdom in our own spheres of authority and influence. So let's pray, and, 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 and I ask you to study these. If you need my notes, I will gladly send them to you to go over them again, to study the Word, to study what we've learned, and to be sensitive always, every day, to the Spirit of God. Take time every day. Don't pray. Just sit and listen. Lord, here I am. I am your servant. Speak to my heart. 
Let your desires become alive in my heart. Show me what you've planned for me. Let the light of your word shine brighter and brighter on my path, that I may know. That's why Paul, when he prays for the believers in Colossae, he says, I pray that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, to know the will of God, even in the minutest details of your life. He says, I pray that you may be filled. So this is my prayer. And as we close this meeting tonight, I want to pray this prayer for all of us as a spiritual family. Father, I give you thanks for each and every member of my spiritual family, both here and abroad. And I thank you for them, for the family. And I give you praise for each and every one of them. And this is my prayer, that you would fill us all with the knowledge of your will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that we may walk worthy of the call you placed upon our lives, fully pleasing you, Lord, and being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God and strengthened with might by your Spirit in our inner man. We thank you for these wonderful works, the works of faith that you have assigned for us to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.